All right, so let's figure out where we're up to. It's a very good question. Um, uh, yeah, number 114 was yesterday, yeah. and today's 115. Okay, 115. Yesterday was 114. And um, just giving you a heads up, uh, Yuda, if you're there. I already uh, told him. That I'm on, right, but uh, the, my, my battery's low because I haven't used this in too long, <laughs> so I haven't made sure, whatever, so if it goes off, it goes off, whatever, well, you'll get the recording, okay. So let's do a review of yesterday's stuff, number 114. I'll manage it, Okay, hey. you'll manage, okay, thank you, thank you, Yuda, thank you, thank you. For the warning. Okay. Um, Anyway, so uh, number 114 is the review. Uh, we are learning for Fu Shlema for Hadassah Basranya, Yodis Basara, Rachaleya Basara, and Yaakov Pinchas Ben Yaakov Pinchas Ben Chayeta, and Michal David Ben Dvora, and Amy Bas Dvora, and all else who need it. And let's get right to the review of yesterday's stuff. What did we learn yesterday? So, although I didn't teach it, but I did learn it. So, that's a good. That's a good thing. So uh, the story goes is I'm saying I'm going to start from the story is that uh, amazing, very interesting thing that um, Rabbi Yitzchak Barbisna lost the keys to his base medrash in the public domain. Such a fascinating case, and it's very, very relevant in halacha. And he lost it on Shabbos. So he came to Rabbi Pedas. What can I do? I can't pick it up in the Rishas Harabim. Uh, can you, can, oh, it's mute, okay, good, um, and uh, on Shabbos, so it uh, came before Rabbi Pedas, and he said, look, here's what you do, take, take to where you think you dropped it, some young children, and let them play there, and while playing, if they see the key, they'll on their own pick it up, not with you telling them to pick it up there, and uh, that's, uh, that's what you should do, um, so, um, um, and this way, uh, so what do you see? Is that uh, basically it tells you a very interesting idea that a katan ochum nevelis is not our job to separate them. Meaning, when the child is doing an iser, since he's young, you don't we don't worry about it. We have a problem feeding or doing an act an action of of causing them to be uh, doing an iser. That's our problem. But from they on their own, we don't worry about it, and it's nothing wrong with it. Even though it's not kosher, they grabbed off the shelf some non-kosher food, they open the package, they eat it. It's not our, you know, obviously there's a separate thing of Geneva, that's a different discussion, but that's the story. Um, anyway, Bezdin is not commanded to separate them. Now, Gemara thought they would have a nice raya. A person is not allowed to tell a child, bring me the key, bring me the seal, um, just let him um, do it on his own. Okay, so again, isn't that uh, indicating again that that's allowed? So um, the Gemara says not necessarily. It could be that it's an atzit sheinunakov. Those are durabundant things. It's throwing in a karmelis. It's not. In other words, maybe it's only in a rabbinic law that we would give that give that flexibility. So we tried proving from another case. We have a gentile that came to put out the fire. Um, you can't tell him put it out or don't put it out. Because um, it's not your worry what he does. So just leave it. Leave him to do on his own devices. But by a child who's coming to put out the fire, you have to tell him, don't put it out. Because it is your problem to make sure that he keeps the Shabbos. Even though you obviously do want the fire put out. 
So Rabbi Yechonon says that's different because when the child is acting there, that's not him doing it on his own intention. He's looking to please his parents and that's what's going on. So the Gemara says if that's the case, when the guy is doing it al-das um, Yisrael, so then that's going to be allowed for the guy to do that? So the Gemara says that first of all you have to understand a Gentile way he, when he's doing things and you didn't tell him to do it and he doesn't have to, he's doing it for his own purposes. He has his reasons and that's why he's doing it. Nothing to do with because you're telling him. All right. Next, we talked about a Ben Chaver. So he comes from a family that's Makbid on um, uh, Makbid. Uh, so the Chaver is Makbid on all Tuma and Taira and, and things like that to make sure that everything's properly tithed. Anyway, his wife's father is not the most um, Makbid, and his son is going to his wife's father to hang out with his grandpa. Um, so do we have to worry that maybe he's going to feed him things that are not misukan? So we don't worry about that. If you find the fruit, you know, you sent, to, sent the kid home with an apple, you don't worry about it. So, so isn't that talking about, uh, you know, so we, what do you see? We don't worry about the kids who are, you know, if you're Makbid, it's the same situation. So Gemara says that's different over there. Rabbi Yechanan says that's Demai, and by Demai is also rabbinic in nature. We really do believe that the tithes have properly been taken, and that's why we can be makled there. So the Gemara says, so you're telling me it's only because it's Demai, meaning rabbinic, but if it was definite, it would be, uh, you would have to tithe it. But Rabbi Yechelen says that when he's doing it for, it's, it's, uh, it's al-das of it. So um, it doesn't Rabbi Yechelen sound like, in other words, Rabbi Yechelen seems to be flipping his position here. So uh, what, what, in other words, he said before that it only, it's only a problem if he's doing it to please his father. Sounds like if he's doing it on his own, it would be allowed. And here he's saying the other way around. So Rabbi Yechelen, the answer is Rabbi Yechelen is, a complete, is basically not sure how to look at it. And, that's, and therefore he's saying, he's looking for proof, and he's, on each side he's saying, you know, but it's not completely conclusive. Maybe you can argue the other way. Maybe it's a little bit different that case over there. So that's, the, that's what, what's going on with Rabbi Yechelen. He's not He's not flip-flopping, he's in doubt, and he's trying to say nothing, n- none of these proofs are really complete proofs. Okay, next we saw is another so- case of a Ben Chavar Koyen, who goes to his grandpa, who's a Kohen Amaretz. So we don't worry that maybe he's going to feed him Truma It's the same thing, you find fruit, you don't worry about it. So the verse says maybe that's also Truma to Rabbanan, it's not a right. Okay, another case talk about is a child nursing, he can nurse from Gentiles, he can nurse from a non-kosher animal, nurse from, I don't know, a bear, whatever it is, wolves, uh, and we don't worry about it. A cat. But a cat. Um, we don't worry about the, all these issues of non-kosher. Um, uh, but you can't feed him nevelis and trefas, gotsmer, amasim, but he can nurse, um, and even on Shabbos, uh, but by, by an adult, of course, would be prohibited. Now, um, Abishol says, we used to uh, be yonik from Behemoth Tahora on Yom Tov. So what's going on? So first of all, what's, what's, we, first of all we said, in Choshim Yonik, Shekets. We're not worried about that. And that's big. So the Gemara says, doesn't that sound like it's, we don't worry about cut, the Katan Ochel Novelis is okay? So the Gemara says, no, that's only because of Sakana. If it's Sakana, so then why do we say a God or not? So the uh, Gadol needs evaluation to see whether he needs it. Um, therefore, you can't assume. But by a katan, it's always understood that he's a bisakana if he doesn't have what to nurse from. Okay. Um, you know, baby. 
So Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua says that uh, right, most tinokos are misukan by milk, by if they're not able to have access to milk. Okay, and that is the story. Then we went to this part of the story. Abishol um, said that we used to nurse from animals that uh, Torah animal Torah animals on. Yomta, what's going on over there? If it's a sakana, so it should be allowed on Shabbos. And if there's no sakana, why is it allowed on Yomtev? So the answer is, is that there's two, there's a fact, there's a couple of factors there. First of all, there's the tsar of the behemoth. The behemoth is bizarre, uh, because it needs to be nursed, okay? And um, to nurse directly off the animal, it's kind of gross, but whatever, let's not get into that focus. But the point being is, is that that's mifarek, which is a, it's a, it's a malacha, but it's a malacha kalacher yad, malacha derapanam. On Shabbos, we are the Isra Malachas in Isra Skila, so we don't allow it. So the rabbis made Xera, but by Yom Tov, where it's in Isra Lav, and it's only Kalachar Yad, so there was, that was enough to be Mekel. So, brought us to the next thing. It says, don't eat the, it's an extra pasuk that says, don't eat, because it's Sheketim. And it says, Lo don't feed it. To tell the, the Gdol Malachtanam. So, doesn't that sound like we're saying, you tell them, don't eat it? And the Gemara says, uh, no, maybe it just means, don't feed it to them, but by, by directly. That's where the problem is. But to, you don't have to tell them if they are eating non kosher. Okay, tried another proof. It says kol nefesh mikim dam. It's by blood. So uh, it doesn't mean not to tell them. So the verse says no. It means don't feed them. Uh, another one. It says that that they shouldn't become tummy. Um, it sounds like, uh, doesn't it sound like that you worry about them, the kids becoming tummy, the kind kids? So Gemara says, no, that means you're not allowed to be metame, the kids be a time. Now, why do I need three sources telling us that the gedolim have to warn the ketanim? Because each of these are not, in other words, by Shkotzen, there's a factor is that the Isser is, is even b'mashu, it's very, very strict in that sense. But dam, you need a sheer revia, so maybe it's not as strict, maybe you wouldn't have to be uh, so, so makbit. Um, now, if you say by blood, that's because blood has a circaris. To consume blood, it's excision, so it's a much higher, severe punishment. But Shratzen doesn't have that severe punishment, it's just a regular negative prohibition. And if you would just say those two, that's because it's an Isra that Shava Makol, but Tumah is only for Kana, maybe you could be more Mekel. On the other hand, Kanem, we are more machmir in general on halacha, so maybe we should be machmir only on by Kanem and not by the other two. So that's why we need all three sources to tell you that uh, there's an din of lahazik tolmatan. But again, we're saying it's not doesn't mean that they can't on their own. The issue is to directly feed them. So again, nothing conclusive. Next, we talked about you have two brothers. One's a, one's a pikeach, one's a cherish. This is we're tying it back into our case. So, and they're married to two sisters that are Pichos. We said that the, if the Cherish uh, uh, dies, so then the Pichach um, um, is a Chosisha, is no Mitzvah Sibom at all. If the Pichach dies, so the Cherish, Bal Pichachas, needs to get rid of his wife with a get, and, he, and there's no Mitzvah, and nothing he could do to his, to his former wife's uh, sister either. Um, so there's no Mitzvah Yibam or Chalitza. Okay, because he doesn't have the, he's a cherish, he's not capable of doing chalitza, and he can't do yibam because it was his wife's 
It's his wife's sister. Um, now, why does he have to get rid of his wife? Beget. Why can't, you know, it's Katonach and Nevelis. And Mer says, we are not worried about his sister, we're worried about her sister. Okay, what about the reverse case? We are, the brothers are fine. It's the, it's the girl who's a Hareshes. So the same situation. And he also has to divorce his Hareshes wife and the other, um, so, so the, and, and, um, and, uh, and he has to do Chalitza to the other one. So the Gemara says, um, why does he have to get rid of his wife? Why can't he stay married? It's only Katonach and Nevelis. Again, it's because it's his sister. That's not her sister, but it's his sister. What about the third case? There's two brothers. One's a Cherish, one's a Pekech. The other two wives, one's a Hareshes, one's a Pekeches. Okay? So the Pekech is married to the Pekeches. The Cherish is married to the Hareshes. Okay? And then what happens if the Cherish dies, so then the Pekech um, um, is a Chosish, he doesn't do anything. Okay? Uh, but if the Pekech dies, so then the Cherish, Bal Hareshes, has to get rid of his wife with a get. And the Shazachiv is Asr Lolam. Why? It's uh why not let them stay married? Because um because it's Katan Ochel Nevelas. They're both Ochel Nevelas, but they're both Katanim in this sense because they're both uh, not of sound mind. And uh, what's the problem? There's no his Isser, there's no her Isser. So the, and we still say that he has to get rid of his wife. So Rav Shmai answers, it's not a Raya, it's a Xero over there because um, uh, it looks like a, like you're being Matir, Yavam Lashuk. And that's the issue over there. Um, if they could stay married, um, so they wouldn't know that the reason is because it's katan lachon People think that the kedushin is uh, is able to override the zika, and they won't know that uh, that that's not necessarily the case. So again, it doesn't prove anything, and it's and that was the end of chapter fourteen. Took us to the beginning of the new parak. Okay. Um, 5% left on that, so whatever, whenever it runs out, it runs out. Okay, so a woman goes um, um, overseas, and she, and there's no, first of all, there's no, the world is at peace, there's peace between them and their family, also there's no fighting, um, as far as we know. And then she comes back, back and says, my husband's dead. So on that, her uh, say-so will let her get married. Um, on her say-so will let her do yibum. If uh, there's the family, there's peace, but there's wars out there. So, or there's wars, or fights between them, but there's peace in the world. And then she comes and says, "My husband died." That's a problem. We don't trust her because if they're fight, we know that they're fighting. So then that's self concern because maybe she just wants to become usher to her husband, um, and uh, she's willing to ruin her own life just to ruin his life. You know that happens, uh, unfortunately. Okay. These things do occur, um, and um, and uh, the other uh, uh, possibility is that she, if 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 they're even if they get along, but if there's war, she assumed that how could he survive? There was a lot of battles going on, you know, whatever they were in Ukraine and this, you know, fights and things going on, uh, whatever. You don't, uh, uh, he couldn't have made it. How he was, he went in the mall. Like so, there's an, a lot of assumption that might be taking place over there, and that's why she's not believed. Now, Rebuta says we don't believe her. Unless uh, she comes, you know, that it looks re- realistic. In other words, she's crying, she has her to- clothes torn, etc. Like, uh, you need to, and they told them, you know, that doesn't matter. If a woman wants to lie, she can dress up and put on a, be a good actress. And if, she, uh, you know, otherwise, whatever. The point being is, is that we don't look at the externals as a proof. That's the idea, either direction. All right. 
Now, um, so we said in the Mishnah that when they're getting along, um, that's not obviously a Chiddush, but the Chiddush is when they're finding that you don't believe. And that's to contrast. And the same thing in Shalom Ba'olam is written to tell you what will be when there's Muhammad Ba'olam. Now, what's the reason of Muhammad? Because there's a concern that she might say, that she might say, I, it seems to me like she doesn't have actual knowledge. Um, and, that's the, and that's the issue. So, um, how can it be, right? They went, there's so many people dying, he would be able to escape from, from the, you know, what's going on, all the people dying left and right. Now, if you're going to say um, that uh, because they got along, she's going to make sure uh, to see, um, you know, that she actually saw the, you know, the arrow or whatever, and then uh, that, that's, the, that's the idea. And, um, and in other words, maybe she actually saw him um, with an arrow shot or a spear, you know, whatever, with a death wound, what she thought was a death wound. But, you know, if it's tended to quickly, it's, you know, even if she left, but if it's tended to, you know, like uh, you could even, you can survive a wound like that. Um, so, Rava, okay, so that was the, uh, that's the discussion about war. Now, the question is, how does this apply to other cases of death? Like, let's say, let's say there was famine going on. So, is that the same as war um, or not? So, he says, well, Pashtas is, it shouldn't be the same as war. Because by war, you see fighting, you see shooting, you see guns, whatever. So there's a lot of uh, jumping to the conclusion that you've got to worry about. But in famine, you know, like, unless you left him dead, you know, she's not going to make an assumption, you know, just because, you know, there was not much food to eat, you know. Then Rabbi said, you know, Ravon is the same as Muhammad. Why? Because it was an actual case in point. A woman came to for Rava, and she said, my, my husband died in famine. I need to remarry. And uh, he's just had that sixth sense that rabbis sometimes ha- are, you know, have. And he said, oh, well, that was very good that you saved yourself to get out of there. There's no food in that place. Okay? And she's like, uh, you think that little bit of food is enough that you, that you left him? It's impossible that he would survive off of that. And she's like, oh, you agree with me. You're right. The little bit of food that was there is no way anybody could survive off of that. But he obviously was not dead yet, okay? Um, and now he realized that there's a lot of, like, in, in case of famine, people don't, you know, they don't think clearly. They run away and, and whatever. They, assume, they also make assumptions. So that's the same idea. So he, he retracted and said, Ravon is the same as Muhammad. Then Rav said, you know what? It's even worse than Muhammad. Because by Muhammad, when she says, my husband died in war, then we don't believe her. But if she says, he, even if there's war, but she said, I saw him die in his bed, you know, um, we would believe her. But by famine, until she says, I, he's died, not only dead, but he's dead dead, meaning I buried him, and, uh, you know, whatever. That's, uh, that, that's how dead you have to be, like dead and buried to be dead. Okay, now, um, what's the case of Mapoles? So, uh, Mapolis, you know, an earthquake, something, a building came crashing down. So, we thought that, so, most likely it's the same as a war, because after all, you jump to conclusions. You assume that that's what probably he's dead. What about snakes and scorpions attacking? So, is that like a war? So, yeah, it's like a war. You don't assume, you don't, you're going to jump to conclusions and assume that, how could he survive that? Um, what about a plague? Is plague the same thing? So that's also like a war. Um, and some say it's not like a war. 
Some say it's like a war because, uh, again, you assume that, you know, he got the plague, he probably did die. Others say it's not like a war, and that's because, you know, you rely on what people say, uh, that there's an idea that seven, seven years there could be people dying left and right, but a person isn't dying so young, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, whatever, just because there's a plague doesn't automatically mean that everyone's, everyone's dying. All right, and that is the story, and that's yesterday's daf.